Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat with your hosts, David Clancy and Kieran Dunn. This is a podcast about high performance. What we are striving to achieve is to figure out what makes high performing individuals tick, why they do what they do and why they are successful. Enjoy a journey of stories, lessons and learnings. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 71. Today we spoke to James McCormack, entrepreneur for over a decade, podcast host, family man, and the man behind the Dublin Barista School and the World Barista Institute. James started in business in 2009 with 500 euro in his pocket and has survived an economic depression and the COVID-19 pandemic. Hear about his story from Reuben sandwiches to tacos to cold brew coffees. This is a tale of resilience, overcoming adversity and setbacks. Getting into business and staying open is not rocket science, as James says. It's all about hard work. Find out more about James at www.themoderndayentrepreneur.com. Hi, James. Thanks for coming on today. Where are you joining us from? Um, I'm currently in my business, Dublin Barista School on South Anne Street, Dublin 2. Um, it's been unusual. Uh, this week is the bu- a bu- has been a busier week, but I've been coming in all throughout the lockdown and it's just like a ghost town in here. Um, but we're eager to get back at it. So it's, uh, we reopened last week. And um, as far as I'm concerned, it's the way we're operating business now is uh, it's a it's on a survival mechanism, so we have to kind of just keep on pushing forward. And I'm interested in rehiring as many people as I had uh, previously, which was 10 people. Um, so we're trying to rehire as many of them as back as possible. Um, but it's very difficult when there's no, when there's no people in the city centre. So it's, uh, it's testing time for everyone. Yeah, like we've, we've heard the term recently, like let's return to business as normal, like our pre-COVID normalcy and <clears throat> like – Geez, those are those are really big sort of turns of phrases because it, it must be like for yourself now you're there firsthand. Dublin Senator must look extremely different. Like that's a big that's a big challenge, I suppose. That you've been aware of over the last couple of months, but kind of how are you tackling it? I suppose head on. What can people learn from what you're trying to do? I think the hard thing for everyone is that we're. Um, I think when you go into business, you feel like you're taking control of your life. And uh, and what I've felt like in the last couple of months is that we've lost all control because the government have intervened. Um, obviously, it's a health crisis, um, but it's um, it's been very difficult to uh, not get frustrated with not being able to control your your future and your destiny. And I think for me, it's just not. I'm not kind of I haven't been panicking. I suppose. Um, this is this is going to be my second recession. I started in a recession, so I've kind of I understand what it's like. Even though I know this one's going to be very different, um, but I see a lot of people. Uh, there's a lot of panic, especially with businesses, and a lot of people are getting signage up. And the communication from the government is very. Um, I wouldn't say it's very good, and it just everyone's putting up signs, and they're going to have to be taking them down. Probably even today, I think there's going to be some sort of an announcement probably with regard to social distancing or something. And everyone is trying to put their best foot forward, but it's almost they don't know where to put their feet at the moment. So 
but from my perspective, I'm just, I'm just doing what I know how to do. And that's just to open our business and do what we do. And um, sure. Like the, the other kind of word of the last two and a half months has been pivot and everyone's saying, where are you going to pivot? And everyone's saying, go online. And I'm just saying, don't do anything. Um, irrational i suppose or uh, don't make any decisions in a, in a in panic mode because everything's going to kind of flip back around very quickly and um so in terms of what we have done we have reopened our shop we have our, our training school reopened all within kind of government guidelines we opened up an online um web shop for our coffee beans because we needed some sort of revenue coming through. So coffee beans and delivering them to people's homes has proven to be something that has worked very well for the last two and a half months for us. And also developing new products in light of what might happen in the future, even in the short term with a second lockdown potentially. Um, and all depends how the government um, perceive a second lockdown. But what can we do if this happens again? And for us, it's we're focusing more on our physical products that we sell, such as coffee beans. That's our expertise. Um, I've developed, um, um, I suppose, in connection with this whole podcast, is high performance and health and um, well-being and everything. And that's something that's become extremely prominent in my life for the last number of years, specifically three years. Um, and I've developed a mushroom coffee. Um, which is using um, the likes of Lion's Mane, Cordyceps, Militaris, um, Reishi um, to mix in with their coffee um, and to sell as a, as a product online to people and in health, health shops. Um, some, of the, some of the few businesses that we're connected to that are still doing well are the grocery business and health shops. And it kind of fits in with something that makes sense to me um, and the industry that I'm in and things that I'm interested in and passionate about. So. I have to feel feel like there we we can speak from our own experience we're having to recalibrate and refine what we can offer obviously we're both you know physios and clinicians and we we can't see people in clinics so we've had to kind of pivot and adapt significantly um in other spaces to to keep afloat and to keep managing to generate something in Ireland so it is it's it's a it's a difficult time i suppose let's just let's just take a as difficult as it may be, let's take a step away from there for a minute. And like, how did you get into coffee and kind of opening up and setting up your own business? Because it's not just been one. It's been a lot more than just one. Yeah, and uh, I've, I've had multiple businesses at this stage. So um, I've in April this year, it was April, I've celebrated 10 years, I've inverted commas, celebrated 10 years in, um, in business um, and I started my first business in uh, April 2009, so it's actually over 10 years. And before that, basically, um, my, just going back to my childhood and my, and my family, my grandfather um, worked for himself. He was from Ballymahan. He was one of 15 uh, children, and he moved to London in World War II uh, era, and he became extremely wealthy. He was a, became a multimillionaire in London. And um, my father grew up in London and he grew up in wealth. And, uh, um, but he also saw the kind of uh, the, the breakdown of his father and his, and his father's wealth. And so they went from extremely wealthy in a short, very short story. He went from, went from extremely wealthy to having no money. Um, 
and they lived in a seven-bedroom house in Ealing, for example, with a tennis court, and they were chauffeur-driven to school, that type of wealth, um, back in the back in the, the 50s and 60s. And then at the end of the 60s, they had nothing. Um, my grandfather had managed to build two hotels in Athlone, um, and so they ended up, after my grandfather passed away, uh, they all moved, moved from London back to Ireland. So my father, um, was. they were always in that, that space of working for themselves and for a long time whenever whenever I left college from the age of 22 to 26 I didn't know what I was doing um, I didn't know where I was going and I had multiple jobs I worked in property because I felt I should work in property with my whole family in property but I wasn't very good at it so I moved into a bank and wasn't good at that so I, I got basically got uh, let go from a number of jobs until in 2007 I uh, went into mortgage broking and I became a mortgage broker and I found something that I was good at because I was good at selling and I was good at talking to people and I, um, I had a, uh, understood the products I was selling and I did quite well selling and work, worked for a company called Irish Mortgage Corporation. I worked there for almost three years and I really enjoyed it um, and until I got made redundant in 2008, December 2008, I think I was there almost three years. And so I was after having a number of years of, of uh, being fired essentially from jobs, I was now being made redundant because of the financial crash in 2008. And in, uh, in January 2009, I was like, what do I do? And so that's kind of where I got into business. And uh, with the backing of my now wife, she gave me a loan of 500 euros because I, we had no, I had no money. We had just bought a mortgage. We just had a mortgage for we got a house together. Um, literally had no money. And so Linda gave me the loan um, to start a business. And um, what I ended up starting a food business, a corporate catering business called Good Mood Food. Um, not because I had any skills whatsoever with regards to food. It was just because it was the industry with the lowest barriers of entry. Um, that, that I could start with 500 euros um, that I knew I could do. So I started a sandwich delivery business going from I sublet a kitchen in Stillorgan and I started making sandwiches and I knocked door to door into companies in Sandyford Industrial Estate until I built up a route of about 10 to 15 companies who I would visit daily with freshly made sandwiches. And I, I made that work, I made that business work. And uh, um, I was went from not making any money to making you know, two or 300 euros a day or something, whatever it may have been. And I was independent and I was just doing things by myself. I built a small website um, that had no e-commerce connected to it. You would literally click on a sandwich and I'd get an email and I'd deliver it to you. That's how it worked. There wasn't any rocket science to it. It was find a place where you didn't really have to pay much rent, um, find a business with very low barriers to entry and just knock on doors and I think it's knocking on doors that people don't like doing and um, it was looking back into uh, it was November 2009 I went out my first day it was the scariest day of my life because I had to I was putting myself on the line and it was that fear factor of failure uh, versus, versus success and on my first day I was amazed that people actually bought this, some sandwiches off me um, and I brought my little money pouch back to Linda and we counted it but she, she had a corporate job and I made 17 euros or I turned over 17 euros and that wasn't a negative to me that was a huge boost because it, it had kind of proven my it was like an MVP it had proven that people would buy it and I went back the next day and I made 22 euros and the day after that I made 30 euros and suddenly I was a few weeks later I had 
business that was flourishing. It was it was crazy when I look back because I didn't appreciate it. I can only appreciate it now um, uh, how I mismanaged that business as I went through, and I should have like, like I should have been the biggest corporate catering business in the country, and I was almost, um, but I didn't have the skill set to kind of take me there um, because I was a typical entrepreneurial character who doesn't see he sees everything as an opportunity so what i went on doing is um i found a, a coffee shop i had to leave the kitchen that i was subletting and um through my brothers who were in property they found me these guys who were looking to, to let out their cafe and i wasn't interested in the cafe i didn't really even like coffee to be honest with you and um, that much i wasn't a big drinker uh, and i went in and i was only interested because they had a kitchen where i could make my sandwiches in and keep my little sandwich business going um, so I went into that business, a 60-seater cafe, not knowing how to run a cafe. And uh, um, uh, and this is how it was back then. I met these guys on a Wednesday. And the following Monday, I was operating a 60-seater cafe. Um, Just like that. All existing. I didn't have to put in a penny, basically, into the business. The, the coffee machines were there. The infrastructure was there. I just had to buy the stock and everything. And I didn't think that was unusual. Um, I just thought that was the way business happened. And I just felt like I was, you know, I, when everything goes your way, you just think it's normal, you know. I went went from there juggling this business that I was a bit, a little bit out of control. A friend of mine came to me and said, would I start a Mexican food business? Um, and I said, yes. And he also came to me with the idea of a barista training school. And I, and I said, yes. So I was very much in the early 2000s, so 2012, 2011, 2012, saying yes to everything. Three years, I was operating three businesses, and I did not have the expertise, and neither, neither did my business partner have the expertise. So we went from a six-seater cafe at a place in Swords, I had a restaurant, a Mexican food business, two Mexican food businesses, and one in Stillorg and one in Tala. Um, I had a Dublin Barista School, which was just getting busier and busier people. Uh, signing up to do courses and I was the barista trainer um, I, I'd gone to London and done some extensive training over there um, so I was literally running around seven days a week working from five o'clock until about half eleven um, until everything kind of started crashing uh, around 2014 2015 everything started crashing and I ultimately had to liquidate the uh, Mexican food business that again could have been a massive success um, if we knew what we were really doing, um, I let I closed down Good Mood Food um, because I was I felt I had to focus on the Mexican food business. Um, so you can see that common sense wasn't really working. And the, the only thing that was left then was Dublin Barista School, um, which we had moved to South Ann Street, where I am now, in 2013, and we got a lease. And um, this place managed to survive because everything was crumbling. I was, I was, and personally, I didn't realize at the time, and absolutely, I was having a breakdown. Um, I was burnt out, um, but I didn't connect any of this. It was definitely very moody, not probably not a very good employer, and everything just kind of, kind of, came crumbling down. Apart from Dublin Barista School, which which survived somehow. Um, I made some. It wasn't all bad. I, I, make, I tell the story and I make it out dramatic. Um, but I did a lot of good things in the barista school and I kept it afloat. And we built a really strong coffee brand. I think looking back, it was it was a great learning um, about everything because what, what, what entrepreneurship has allowed me, it's, it's allowed me to see myself for who I was and um, it allowed me to wake up and 
to take real control of my of myself um, and to become kind of the person that I, I I wanted to become, as in the person I'm becoming today, which is um, a, a better parent, a, a better kind of leader in business. Um, very health conscious, very um, hard working. Still, I, I always had that hard work and that drive. I just know how to direct that energy properly. Um, and I think when you look back, you have to remember how far you've come. That's what I kind of take from it now. And I think the last 10 years have been just, it's been like doing a master's degree in business and I'm looking to drive on to the next stage. What a learning experience you've had. Yeah, like you're saying, a master's degree. I suppose a question that I have through all that, you said the catering business could have been the biggest in Ireland, right? Like, what have you learned? Why, why did that not, why did that not work for you? Like you were, you went from, 17 a day and you know 24 earning 32 turning over profit obviously huge interest why why did it you just you stretched and you looked elsewhere and that's why it didn't yeah, work i i think that um i wasn't very strategic in my thinking and uh, it's one of the things when i look back as to why i didn't make and i was too eager to jump um from to the next the shiny object and it's still it's still a thing it's still an issue that i have today and I, now i have the conversation with myself and say is that the thing you need to be doing? Or, you know, it's like um, you said you were on the Modern Day Entrepreneur website. Um, like that was, that's something that I want to grow and develop into a business, but it's it's not something I need to do right now. Um, I was writing a book, for example, I've got 30,000 words written, written of a book and I should have probably finished it, but I said, no, I, I need, that can sit there. Um, there's other things I need to take care of before I finish that book. Yeah, I was I was too eager to jump onto the next shiny thing. Hey folks, thanks for listening to the first part of the episode. We hope you're getting some value from it. What we're going to do now is take a break. We're going to listen to Dan Lawrence. Dan Lawrence was one of the first guests we had in the show in episode 10. Dan's going to tell us a bit about what he does. Hi guys, I'm Dan Lawrence, Head of Performance at Matchroom Boxing and founder of Perform365. You can find out more about what I do on the social channels at Perform365 and on my website, www.perform365.life. That's all for me. Looking forward to the second part of the episode. I'll let you get back to David and Kieran. All that self-education that you've acquired, um, all that, you know, decade through, and now on another, a second for you, unprecedented uncertain time period kind of what do you see next for yourself is the next question right all these all these shiny objects lots of lots of pages in a book there podcast website that obviously we spotted so we it drew our attention and um, like what do you see yeah. for yourself next in terms well, of your priorities you're kind of consolidating somewhere yeah well for me it's um um i've the one thing that I've always had is huge self-belief um, and maybe in the earlier days it manifested itself in arrogance, um, but I still do have huge self-belief and confidence about where I'm going and um, the realisation that for me, I have to be patient um, and um, it's the old saying, it's a marathon, not a sprint, that um, I only turn 40 this year, that I have another 40 or 50 years ahead of me um, and this little bump in the road that we were that we are experiencing now, it's very stressful for people, um, and it's going to get more stressful when uh, government subsidies are taken away. 
so for me i'm i'm backing myself to survive and i'm backing myself to um support my family um through this time to make sure that we're um not going to be um financially destitute i suppose is one way of looking at it and i want to support the people um who work with me and my, my colleagues and um, um i'm a hugely loyal person and i want to make sure that i think that i want to be seen and i want to be acting um as a leader in the country and i want to uh be seen as somebody who's um a front line for the recovery of the economy as well so that's part of the reason why i opened my doors here and because we're not making much money um selling cups of coffee right now um but i want to give people confidence that you you need to open so as a business um i'm being more strategic i'm being patient um i'm making sure that i'm not overspending um i'm really watching every single cent that's coming in and out of the business and i'm making sure that um, i'm looking after kind of uh, the guys who've helped build this business over the last kind of eight years. You come across as someone who's quite humble and, and very self-aware. So knowing your limitations back when you were looking at Good Mood Food and the other companies. Going into this period now, you'll have a lot of entrepreneurs and people struggling in that sort of industry and SMEs. What would be your biggest lessons that you learned from starting in a recession that you could give to entrepreneurs coming up? The, the advice is just to keep everything really tight um and like a lot of people are panicking right now and everyone's they're listening to everyone and they're going into social media and everyone's talking about moving your business online and um pivoting here and pivoting there and i think people just need to to sit and not do anything for the next number of months they need to open and do what they do and unless there's a serious need to pivot in, in a different direction, um, then, uh, then maybe they should. But I think right at the moment is to sit on your, on your cash reserves if you have any. Um, take advantage of what the government are giving you um, because we have been lucky, uh, in fairness, that we've been getting subsidies and stuff like that. And, and to hold fast and to, I think the important thing is to talk to um, people and to, get some mentorship i mean i'm open if somebody wants to talk to me um, i've no issues with that and it's, it's just a chat um and i have a group of a facebook group called uh, supporting entrepreneurs in, in covid19 or during covid19 it's like 100 uh, entrepreneurs on it and i just go in and post videos and everyone kind of chats with each other um, a little bit um i suppose they're more that it's it's okay to feel like you're lost and it's okay to feel like you're drowning a little bit. And the important thing is uh, not to actually drown. The important thing is to um, ask somebody for some advice or ask somebody for some help and um, uh, in order to just to keep the doors open. Um, because most business and hospitality, they're only making 5% margin. Um, and it's the, the difference between staying open and closed is marginal. And, and for a lot of businesses, we don't have huge cash reserves. And um, uh, and I think the sim most simple kind of thing is, and what, what I never did anyway, was ask for someone's advice. Now that's all I do. I, I have mentors. I have a couple of mentors. I have a mastermind group um, where I have six guys who are uh, exper very experienced in business who I can basically bounce uh, ideas off or just bounce my kind of fears off. Um, and there's no judgment or anything it's just oh everyone's in the same boat um and i have I, I have a lot of people who i 
fall back on because I know that um, I need it. You know, I think everyone needs it. Say you wrote that book, right? And it was 30,000 pages and maybe you gave it a title five years ago or three years ago or six months ago. Would you revisit it now or is it is it all about this, this journey you've learned? Like what's that book all about that you might write? That's uh, what I'd be really... I, I book, would buy a book right because it sounds like it'd be a lot to learn from someone. <laughs> yeah, there's um the book the book has a title. It's called The Modern Day Entrepreneur, and um it is about I started it and it was about the last ten years of my life and um, what I've been doing in business and um and then it became much more than that and it became uh, this uh, journey of um, like I call it a rite of passage. It's uh, it's the journey from boyhood to manhood huge change and I think that's a big part of what the book is about it's about that journey and I suppose particularly for men um, you know there's lots of cultures who send their kids out into lots of tribes who send their kids out at the age of 13 into a forest to fend for themselves for 24 hours and I think um, it would have been very it would be very beneficial for a lot of people to do that um, and uh, and I think that that's a huge thing that needs to be discussed um, for men um, that whole change um, and that self-awareness piece and emotional intelligence is a huge thing. Um, and, you know, taking care of yourself um, from a health perspective, that's become a huge thing. And becoming a high performer, I suppose, but um, connecting it to you guys. Um, performance is so important and um, becoming a high performer. Um, and, and that for me is just about getting better. Um, every day it's not it's not about me comparing myself to Jocko Willink or to um, Gary V in the States and say oh I need to be better than them or looking at my father and say oh now I'm better than him it's it's just it's the it's a kind of lifelong challenge of being better than yourself is always the hard thing um, and like I beat myself up all the time because you're moving forward and then you regress and you're moving forward and and I get very annoyed at myself because I go backwards sometimes and or that um you know I'm a huge believer in actions over words and I try to live my life um without speaking so much um I do a bit of speaking on Instagram and stuff but it's just to live my life through kind of a series of actions and so it's more so for my son and my daughter it's just they need to see what I do um daily basis and it's just that consistency and discipline which I lacked for a long time um, but just creating that kind of the emotional intelligence and the self-awareness and the, uh, the understanding that, you know, we can do whatever we really want to do. Um, we just have to understand what it is we want to do. Two kind of light questions and I'm finished is what would be your go-to sandwich that if you could make it for me, if we're going to meet up, hopefully, if I could come into a barista school <laughs> in a couple of weeks' time, and then what would be the coffee that would accompany that sandwich? Because I'd be looking forward to catching up with you face to face. Yeah, well, I've, I've kind of I've progressed in my sandwich making. <laughs> it's funny as I as I've gone into my uh, my health route, I've, uh, I've I've stopped eating bread quite a lot, but it just makes me appreciate it even more when I do have it on that odd occasion. Um, but I think. My sandwich that I would make at the moment would be um, a Reuben uh, style kind of New York sandwich with a lot of oh, nice. D, with a lot of Dijon and pickle, um, and I would make with that. Um, right now, I would I'd have a cold coffee uh, in this weather, so I'd make you a nice um, cold brew, um, which is a twenty four hour process that we would 
um, uh, basically give you a, a concentrated um, a cold coffee. So uh, we have one on right now. So what we do is we grind coffee down about a kilo of coffee and we will uh, uh, let it sit in, um, in a filter paper uh, in water for 24 hours. And what comes out of that is a beautifully concentrated uh, coffee that tastes very different to any other way of, of brewing coffee. And particularly in these warm months, it's, uh, it's pretty delicious. Um, there's, I, when, I, when it comes to coffee, um, I only drink my coffee black. So I would drink it either uh, filter, which was is the most most common way I would drink it, so just a batch brew or a Chemex or a V60 or something like that, where you're just making black coffee, um, or espresso black, um, or a cold brew, which is one of my favorite ways of making it. Um, it's huge in the states, but not so not so big in Ireland uh, right now. So James, thanks a million for all that, and just anyone listening, make sure to get out and support the local businesses around. Um, very important, as you can see the story from James there. They are in time of need, like ourselves, like everyone. So do support everyone around you. I'd like to ask, finally, James, high performance. You mentioned it once or twice, and I think you kind of answered it already. But if I was to ask you, James McCormack, what does high performance mean to you? High performance is, it's been a thing that I've been quite passionate about now for the last couple of years. And, and when you see yourself um, improving, I think, on a daily basis, it's that's what um, high performance is for me it's it's getting better and seeing yourself getting better and being aware of yourself getting better and it's uh, a lot of it is just it's not taking shortcuts um, and creating um, these structures in your life that allow you to become better on a more consistent basis so um, I'm big into uh, routines um, I'm not rigid routines but very much into routines um, so it starts with my sleep I'm, I'm quite fanatical about my getting a really good sleep. I wear an aura ring. Um, not that that means a lot to a lot of people, but I, I manage my sleep as in I, I try to analyze it as best I can in, in, a, in a positive way. Um, I get up pretty early most days and I try to have a routine that keeps me kind of occupied in the morning so I do particular things. Um, and I try to have a balance during my day as well, which I never had in my life. Um, I don't believe in working 15 hours a day like I used to I'll only work between four to six hours most days make sure that I'm I'm, I'm getting uh, the time with my family and and maximizing those four hours or five or six hours that I'm working um, and that's high performance uh, for me has been able to um, work and get a lot done in a short period of time and to realize that it's not like everything performance isn't just about business it's also about um, the different aspects of your life it's your health it's your fitness it's your mindset um it's your family time spirituality it's uh, relationships networking like the whole kind of um, complicated structure of our lives um you have to bring improvement to all of it and if you're doing that um on a daily basis i, I don't think a lot of people really think about it too much but um the the that's what I suppose going back to what I said earlier is once you're have those structures in place, once you're improving and tweaking things and improving them all the time and realizing that some things work, some things don't work and focusing on the things that do work. Um, and in my life anyway, I see how I've changed it and towards becoming a high performer. And I don't tell people I'm a high performer. I said, I'm, I'm striving to become uh, better at the things that I'm doing and whether it be running I started running three years ago five kilometers a week and now I'm doing 
60 to 80 kilometers a week. Um, it's just a progression. Um, and you have to look, you have to look back to see your progress. James McCormack, modern day entrepreneur, man of the Dublin Barista School, amongst other things with such, such a colorful history behind you. Myself and Kiran are, are wishing really wholeheartedly wishing you all the best, not just now over these next couple of weeks and a couple of months, but moving forward with future endeavors and um, put us both down for a copy of your book when it comes out. Okay. Let's, let's go to the reading in Hodges and Fidges maybe someday. Thanks very much for having me on and hopefully we can uh, meet up in person soon um, and uh, get the, we'll get that sandwich and coffee going. And, uh, <laughs> Sounds good. Put me down for the cold brew, James. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, 100%. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat, a story of high performance. This was brought to you by Howora, a whole person wellbeing company founded and run from Dublin, Ireland. Find out more at howoralife.com, spelt H-A-U-O-R-A life.com. Please rate, review and share the podcast. Some people want it to happen. Some wish it would happen. Others make it happen. The GOAT, Michael Jordan. <laughs>